to the Bean Ninjas podcast, where you get an all-access pass to see what happens behind the closed doors of a fast-growing global bookkeeping and financial reporting business. Welcome to the show, Patrick. How are you doing this morning, and where are you recording from today? Hey, good morning, Wayne. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm in uh, lovely San Diego, the city of our most recent U.S. Zurichon. Excellent. So today you're going to share some tips with us on selling, community, and advocacy. But before you do, I'd like for you to share a bit more about yourself to our listeners and also hear from you your introduction to Zero. And I hope you can address for us who's it for and why is it needed? Oh, absolutely. Happy to. But first, let me start by saying a big congratulations to Be Ninjas for being awarded Zero's Bookkeeping Partner of the Year in Queensland this year. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Super, super big congratulations. Uh, you know, your hard work, your passion, resilience, you know, your championing of changing the industry. We're happy to, uh, happy to have you. To get to how I would introduce Zero, interestingly enough, I've actually brought a couple of personal friends who have started up a couple of side hustles, as we call it here in the US, and put their businesses on on zero. They couldn't be happier. So I typically introduce it as a beautiful, easy to use cloud platform for small businesses and, and their advisors. It was born in the cloud as accounting software, as you know, but zero has evolved to provide a full spectrum of connected tools and services to help all kinds of small businesses grow. So yeah, we're pretty proud of it. As you know, we were founded in 2006 in New Zealand, one of the fastest growing software companies uh, globally. Uh, we're pretty proud to be not just in the USA, but New Zealand, Australia, United Kingdom, parts of Asia. And we just passed and announced our latest milestone, just surpassed 2 million subscribers in more than 180 countries. Congratulations. I know Zero has been a critical partner to us along our growth journey. And as you shared, being recognized recently as bookkeeping partner of the year for Zero, not just in Queensland, but we actually were also announced as the Australian partner of the year. So it was a huge moment for the team and one we look forward to celebrating across all of the next 12 months. It's amazing. It's quite, quite the journey. And as you hopefully have seen what we've seen. Part of the why is that we feel and have found that Zero, the people and the platform, have helped small business work with their closest ally, their advisor, their bookkeeper, more than ever. Whether it's doing taxes, understanding finances, uh, making decisions to, to grow their business, we found that Zero brings all of that data that's needed to make those decisions in one place so that the small business client, the advisor, you can speak the same language in the same place. And the beauty is that this financial data is available to you, as you mentioned, on the cloud, but simply that means it's available to you at any time, anywhere that you have the ability to access internet. And for us, with the clients that we support, that typically are travel-loving small business entrepreneurs, that accessibility is critical to them. Now, Patrick, you've mentioned in your LinkedIn bio an interesting 
quote that I want to share and get some thoughts around. You mentioned change is never easy, but clear goal setting, expectations, and frequent communication and support have shown to be successful approaches. How can small businesses use software to help facilitate this change and support their growth? And maybe if you could share what's the process of getting started or leveraging these capabilities best? Sure. There's a, there's a few points I would share in, in that. First, you know, recognizing that a lot of small businesses are out there still doing their finances, still managing their books with Excel on paper. And we recognize that. And those folks are wondering how to get started. One of the things that we have found successful is to find a bookkeeper, find an accountant, find an advisor that is on the same page as the small business where maybe the platform, the accounting software the advisor is using is something that the small business is looking to use. Determining you know, what it takes in that small business space for that business to grow. If it's e-commerce, um, if it's my good friend who is doing um, auto repair services, finding out what those factors are to help them grow and and communicating with, with an advisor who understands that. And then once you are on the same page, then beginning to work on a common platform, for example, like Zero, for example, in the cloud, where the uh, small business, maybe they're in the field, they can work on their mobile device and manage their invoices and get paid directly from their mobile device, directly from the customer in the field. Get paid faster, save time, you have the freedom of movement and mobility. And the advisor is happy because you're using an app that is saving the professional some time and can be accessed anywhere because, you know, advisors like to travel too, right? Absolutely. From our perspective, it also helps to have an engaged and informed client. The conversation is more meaningful when the buy-in and understanding of those tools is mutual. And Zero has provided an amazing experience where the language that's used within the tool is easily understood by the small business owner. It's not complex accountant speak that typically gets lost in the conversation. Exactly. A lot of small, I would say all of the small business owners I've talked to, both in my personal and professional life, they are more focused on growing their business than they are about a lot of the uh, quote back office unquote, things. So if you understand that that's the motivation, then then we as advisors can take an approach of using tools that will get that buy-in, where they, they can use it on their mobile phone, on their iPad, from the farm or from out in the field in the, in the, in the city. So totally with you on that one. Agreed. Let's chat sales for a moment, Patrick. You've referred to selling as efforts that bring awareness to your firm or small business. What are your top tips for driving awareness? Yeah, you know, when I think of selling, I tend to look at it from the perspective of a firm owner, someone who owns a practice, an advisory practice, for example. And for firms to to drive awareness of their brand or service offering, I found it comes down to to a few things. And this could probably be be very applicable to small businesses too. Using 
uh, a data-driven approach if possible, uh, especially in the professional services space, right? There's various ways to look at data to help make decisions. Being a former auditor and accountant, tax preparer myself, it, those kind of analytical skills are, are pretty inherent, right? So using a data-driven approach if possible is super helpful to help you make decisions where to go to market and how. And also having the ability to talk to different levels in an organization, like one of our big values at, at Zero is, is the human value, really being empathetic and understanding to whom you are doing business with. And, and in doing so, you, you know, third, you, you begin to really uncover what problems need solving. And then you can provide the, the best solution and best service possible. And through that success, after success, after success, your awareness and your presence uh, surprisingly grows quite well. Also, that presence allows you an ability to have those raving fans, but also key partners that help along the way. Essentially, you're building out a community. Could you share a bit about building or the best ways to get involved in communities? What are the best places to go for small businesses to build and find thriving communities? Yeah, absolutely. We are uh, very big proponents of building communities and serving communities. And that's been our approach uh, in the U.S., as a matter of fact. So there's quite a few social venues for small businesses from the perspective of a small business owner. You might be surprised to learn that meetup.com, for example, is filled with events focused on new startups and local businesses to interact with one another, learn from each other, support each other. And we could probably expand that into other social spaces like Facebook groups, Twitter, LinkedIn, and LinkedIn groups. And you know, we're here on a podcast, joining a podcast and hosting your own podcast has proven pretty successful in really establishing more presence online and building that community from the very, very beginning. And so those are just a few, a few examples of how those are resources that are available today. You know, secondly, we at Zero recognize that and we've proactively gone into the local communities in different metros um, across the U.S. In fact, this week we're wrapping up our Zero roadshows where we host events to talk about some of the practical strategies and share uh, product updates and, and the latest events in the profession and in the industry. On a regular basis, we host zero hours where we get together and, and share new updates and socialize with our partners and encourage new customers to meet us. We even have helped our own accounting partners host their own client appreciation events. I've done that personally here in Southern California. It's, it's quite a great dynamic when you get folks together and they start sharing ideas. And I've seen so many great relationships start from there. And uh, one other thought is at Zero, we've even taken these events, these our roadshows, our Zero Hours, and brought them onto the online space for those busy professionals and business owners who, who want to interact and socialize, but can't quite uh, find the time to get there in person. That's been the most amazing part to me is the value in building those relationships in communities, both locally in identifying 
similar mindsets or individuals or communities that mimic my needs, but also the exploration online. We're at an interesting time. You can find communities niched to nearly exactly the types of people or groups you want to identify yourself with. And I don't know that there was ever been a time where the community aspect has been as welcoming or as easy to identify. Patrick, do you have any tips or perhaps traps that our listeners should be aware of when looking into and exploring joining communities? And I'll say both in person and also online. Yeah, no, and, and you're so right on, on what you just said earlier about how there are so many, not just communities, but so many niches within each community or genre that, that you want to participate in. And I think the first thing that's probably worth saying first when it comes to, to being a part of a community is the power of coming together in person is super important. The best online relationships very often are based on quality face-to-face relationships when possible. But yeah, that being said, what we found at Zero, we, we host a variety of virtual events, like I mentioned, uh, Zero Roadshow and Zero Hour. Yeah, using your online community as an opportunity to connect with like-minded individuals is super important, focus number one. You know, collaborating with them, learning from them. And for example, in our online Zero Roadshow, it's a webinar format, as you might imagine. And, and we bring the same great roadshow content online to explore some of those practical strategies, some of those practical workflows that folks can apply to their own business or their own accounting practice, bookkeeping practice. So many of our partners like to attend, like to become a part of the community based on that experience. They've learned that they can gain knowledge from other firms, other advisors who are specializing in a a niche that maybe they weren't sure how to get into. Maybe they can find someone to refer work to that's in an industry that they themselves aren't uh, super expertise within. And then, you know, learning from others' journey, for example. If I was a new advisor, I mean, sitting down with with you, I'd be picking your brain on how did you get to where you are and what were some of the stumbling blocks. And, and, you know, that's a huge learning opportunity just to collaborate with folks. And like you said, we can do it online so much easier today than gosh, even what, five years ago? It's simply amazing. Absolutely. I think it's the accessibility. It's it's easier. It's less interruptive when you're the individual putting out the invitation or the ask, but it is a great way to then open the door for those in-person meetups, and which typically take a greater commitment and amount of time to arrange and pull together. So Patrick, here at Bean Ninjas, we're in the process of launching our own online community as we've seen a demand for not only our client base, but other small business owners that are interested in the content and the expertise, but not quite ready yet to engage in a relationship with us as a customer. Have you got any advice for building and cultivating an engaged community? What have you seen work well and perhaps things that might not have worked so well? Yeah, sure. Three things come to mind as I think about this. One of the first things or second things to do is to really have a clear common goal. For example, at Zero, one of the clear goals for us is to empower our advisors to serve their clients as best as possible. 
So everything we do is around how do we do that and how can we do that? How can we challenge ourselves to do that better? And then you begin to gather those like-minded and focused professionals who who have that vision or a vision uh, similar to it. And you can then begin to kind of formalize that group. You can kind of formalize how you want to uh, take on those goals and accomplish that vision. For example, what we found is finding advocates for your product or advocates for your people and service, like our zero ambassadors. They're advocates for us. They have their own advisory and accounting practice, but they liaise between zero and the profession to share and help cultivate those goals and that vision and help other advisors uh, execute on that and, and doing so within that community, that space, because everyone is literally on the same you know pathway. It's proven super successful and has even grown into a more formal group that, that we call the Zero Practice Advisory Council. And as an example, we've decided you know 12 members is kind of the optimum number for zero. And we have folks from, from Manhattan to to West LA, from you know, North Carolina to Minnesota, all different ages and experiences, different industries, but again, with a common goal and common vision. It becomes a super rich experience in helping not, not just us at zero from a product and people standpoint, but the industry benefits. And, and when the profession benefits, the clients benefit. So that's what we found to be very successful is, again, uh, gathering like-minded professionals, setting those clear goals and vision, and begin to assemble and, and formalize that group and uh, hopefully have as a diverse experience as possible. So Patrick, you started to share a bit about advocacy, and I've seen you share previously that every interaction is value added and that we live our human values and want our partners to feel that same beautiful experience Zero was founded on. Two things I really love about this is one, the mention of values. So if you could share with us, what are Zero's values? And secondly, the focus on your partners. Is this advocacy? Absolutely. First of all, we have five core values at Zero that we work and live by. The first one is human. Being human means being present and approachable, listening, treating others with utmost respect. You know, it's about working together to make a difference. So me being from California, you know, the, the wildfires that affected us uh, last year, that's, you know, pretty top of mind, you know, for us Californians. Well, you know, when that happened, Zero wanted to make sure that they knew we were there for them. So we reached out to our about 200 zero customers in, in that affected area to see how we could support them. And we ended up providing a credit to them while they were impacted and while they were you know, reestablishing uh, their business. And so to me, that's the ultimate example of being um, human. Secondly, ownership. We drive and deliver and stay accountable. We take ownership for our individual roles, but also as a company, we take ownership to, to change the industry and really deliver a new age of accounting. And then, you know, third, championing. This value inspires us to really create opportunities for ourselves and the team while 
also driving initiatives that make the company the best in class. We also champion small business, you know, going beyond just a customer issue or a question, but really thinking proactively about how we can help small business. And, you know, fourth, we challenge. That's our fourth, one of our values there. We're encouraged by this to really dream big, ask why, and challenge the status quo. We, we want to be innovative at every step as much as possible. We're willing to try new things. We're willing to learn along with our, our partners and customers. And we challenge our customers to think differently as well for their benefit, for their growth, and for their success. And last but not least, the first value I was exposed to or told about when I first joined Zero is the, our beautiful value, where it means we delight and inspire at every interaction. So we take pride in our work, we go the extra mile, and we really do set uh, high standards. That, that's, that's what resonated with me the, the most on my first day of, of Zero orientation. Remember that pretty, pretty clearly. So yeah, that, that those are our values, uh, and and we we take them seriously, and we we're always talking about them. We honor each other with them, with our own kind of internal awards that we're, we're very proud to to announce and and cultivate and nominate one another. You know, getting back to our our partners, as you were asking, the focus on our partners being advocacy, yes, with an exclamation mark. You know, our accounting and bookkeeping partners are at the heart of everything we do. You know, it's just touching on our values, but our partners really define how we work with accountants and bookkeepers to solve those challenges. Our purpose is to make life better for small businesses and their advisors and essentially the community. That puts them front and center, but our human approach drives how we do business and how we hold ourselves accountable to deliver the best platform possible. And in that way, we advocate for our partners and their clients. And I would hope that they then, based on their alignment in these values, are also advocates for zero. So here at Beanage, we're trialing our own partner program. Any tips on what's worked and hasn't worked for zero when it comes to inspiring partners to spread the word about your product? And how do you identify great partners? Yeah, you know, one of the favorite stories I, I love to, to tell, I actually wrote about a little bit on LinkedIn. It was uh, not too long ago, I just had this really amazing moment of gratitude uh, over a lunch meeting. And it was from, it was with a Zero partner that quite frankly was, I did not expect to be such an enthusiastic advocate. And I can kind of go into their journey, you know, how they were super traditional, super paper-based. But I think, I think the heart of it, the point of it is that during that lunch meeting, uh, and this is a year after I had been a part of their implementation, they said a few things that just I felt compelled to, to write about. It was, they used to take four weeks, for example, four weeks to publish financial statements and onboard a client. Now it takes a matter of days. And you can imagine the happiness that the client feels in, in that kind of turnaround time and that kind of service level. And also the staff are happy because, you know, to do in, in a matter of, you know, three days, what it used to take weeks, that really frees them up to do what they enjoy the most. And, and they can kind of play in their, in their strengths. You know, they're very data-driven now. They're not compliance-driven. They're not hostages to, to deadlines. And so these epiphanies that I had, the, these 
amazing changes that they they shared with me. They really shared what what I find is uh, incredible, and that is getting to be a part of these journeys with our partners and helping them refocus their time so they're they're able to do what they do best. I think you kind of you get there by, and I'm going to touch back on our values, but I think part of how you get there is where being human comes into play. Yeah, as a profession, we've seen a lot of changes and a lot of advancements brought on by AI and machine learning and, you know, moves fast. But by taking that partner first approach in your partner program, I think you'll be able to empower and inspire those new partners to navigate that change, which can be challenging. But on the other side, you'll help them thrive long term. So taking that human approach, putting the partner's needs first, I think that will lead to inspiration and then you empower them with the technology and your own expertise to help them navigate change management. And then uh, secondly, what I think of is taking that community-based approach. At least that's what's worked for us. We found it was super important to pick spots where we knew we could be successful versus going after the entire market. Like I said, I mean, the entire country of New Zealand's economy is probably the size of California, maybe with you consider all of the agriculture that California has on top of all the tech and on top of all the manufacturing and defense and military. And so attacking the entire U.S. market probably would not have been the, the most strategic use of our resources. So, so finding a community-based approach or a strategic approach, I think, would be pretty wise. And I love the piece that you mentioned about sharing stories. I think it really helps bring about the human element that you've shared is amongst the core values that Zero expresses. So I'd like to help the listeners understand a, a little bit about your story. So I've learned you're a huge fan of boxing and racing cars. What have you learned from either of those activities that's applied to business or vice versa? Absolutely. I'm a huge fan of both. I kind of credit my dad with boxing. When I was growing up as a kid, he was always watching uh, the boxing matches on on Friday nights and whenever they were on. I just became a big fan. And then when I when I decided to participate and learn and train, and I really found it's not just the the physical fitness benefits that I gained from it, which I can certainly testify to, and certainly would encourage folks to consider. But but also when you're in the ring with someone. And you're face to face, and that opponent has a certain goal and probably a pretty similar goal to you. I find that when you are in that situation, and maybe it's a challenging, challenging situation in the business space or in your journey, don't be afraid to get hit in the face. That's what I would say. You simply shake it off and get back in, and don't be afraid to, to give it back. As one coach told me, if you can face someone in the ring, you can face another man in the ring. You can pretty much face anything that life throws at you because you're literally getting hit in the face. And so, you know, you just need to, as you said, shake it off and, and get back in there. And I always thought that was just a really great life lesson. And as I see folks grow their business, be it friends or customers, as they face those challenges, I find myself being empathetic and, and try and try and give some guidance with what I've seen other successful customers accomplish and how they've gotten there. It also kind of brings me back to something I always hold on to, which is you can't read about racing. 
there's no substitute for experience. You have to simply start and maintain patience. You can't read about taking a corner at 100 miles an hour. You have to start somewhere and work your way there. And again, there's no substitute for experience. Absolutely. I feel putting yourself in these situations is really just a testament to the preparation, the reading, the training, and the investment in your time that came well before standing in that moment, as you mentioned, face-to-face with someone whose goal is to knock your head off. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, the the more I got into the uh, racing, driving sport, in my former life, I was very entry-level amateur racing driver. One one mantra is drilled into you pretty early, and that is a fast driver in a slow car is better than a slow driver in a fast car. What that means is experience eventually wins. The skills that, that you develop, the investment that you make in yourself, if I put the fastest driver in a slow car versus an entry-level person in a high-power car, you'd be surprised who, who will win that battle. And, and so you know the, those folks that are on that journey, investing in themselves and investing in their business, and maybe they don't feel they're, they're in the fastest car that they want to be going at the speed that they want to be, but experience will eventually win out. Awesome. I often tell my business partner, Merrill that we'll be the five-year overnight success story. So I really can relate to that message. Now, Patrick, I had an amazing time this morning. Thank you so much for being on Being Ninja's podcast. Before we part, is there any specific product, community, or event you'd like to promote today during the show? At Zero, one of the things that I value the most and continue to value the most is our people. And you know, being a part of the community, I can't speak enough about how powerful that is. And, and so really being one of our partners is probably one of the best things to learn about Zero. Don't know how else better to say it. You know, if you Google zero community, you'll find that uh, we have a, a link in the U.S. dedicated to our metros across the U.S. And uh, if you Google zero partner program, you can learn more about how to get started being a, a zero partner and, and an advisor. And you know, it, uh, you're going to have to follow uh, Bean Ninja's uh, footsteps to be bookkeeper of the year. But we will help you definitely get started on whatever path you want to go on. Again, congratulations on being awarded that Bookkeeper of the Year in Australia, in Queensland. I really enjoyed being here. And really, you know, on behalf of Zero, thank you for being one of our partners. Excellent. Thanks so much, Patrick. You take care. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Bean Ninjas podcast. Here are three ways to grow your freedom business faster. Number one, download our free Zero Small Business Toolkit. Go to beninjas.com forward slash podcast gift and use our cash flow forecasting template as well as the other resources available. Number two, subscribe to this podcast. Don't miss another episode as we'll be bringing you more inspiring guests, small business finance and zero tips, and also an inside look at how we are growing Ninjas into a global brand. Finally, they say the best way to retain what you learn is to share or teach what you've learned with someone else. So leave a review on iTunes with your key takeaway from this episode. Alternatively, you could also post and share this podcast on social media. Be sure to tag us at Ninjas or use hashtag Ninjas on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. 
This will help us to grow our community and help even more small business owners to create freedom through stress-free finances. So once again, download, subscribe, and share. That link again, beninjas.com forward slash podcast gift. Catch you on the next episode.